Chapter Sixteen of From Mud to Mufti by Bruce Bairn's Father. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Sixteen: The Old Fighting Grounds, Something Wrong, Hospital in Balul, Homesickness. We arrived at Balul. In those days, it was still a respectable and reasonable town. In fact, it was much the same as when I had been there before. A few more restaurants and officers' clubs had sprung up, but that was all. It had not been much shelled. Of course, it occasionally had to go through an air raid or something of that sort, but on the whole it was still quite a presentable spot. We didn't stop, but went straight on to the colonel's destination, which was Lacra. It was here that a certain division had its headquarters, and it was here that the colonel had someone he particularly wanted to see. Lacra is a nasty spot, becoming nastier still towards the end of the war but at this period, and even before, it was charged with a most unpleasing atmosphere. Air raids and back-area shelling were its specialties. I remember disliking this spot intensely when I spent the night with my machine-gun section in its unwholesome surroundings, on the night before the Second Battle of Ypres. But now I found myself disliking it still more. The place looked horribly mutilated and dismal. The colonel went to a headquarters. I waited outside. As he was going to be some time, I went to have a look at the various parts of the place I knew. I went to the large church there and entered. Here it was that I had billeted on that turbulent night, the 23rd of April, 1915, and had stabled my machine-gun section by means of piling up some pews and chairs around the part where the organ is fixed. It was from this place that at dawn we had all moved off to Vlamertinia, the day before that scrap in front of San Julien. Outside the church several long rows of crosses, new ones being added daily, testified to the severity of holding that part of the line. Later on I joined the colonel, who asked me to come with him to a house where a certain staff was located. I went, and there had the honor of meeting Colonel Congreve, the famous and valorous son of the equally famous general of the name. Congreve was perhaps one of the most wonderful and courageous characters in the war. With a row of decorations earned during the war, he was one of the youngest senior staff officers in the army. An unaffected, courtly young man with a lion's courage, shortly after this he was killed on the Somme. While sitting in this office, I noticed that I was feeling very quaint. This wasn't due to the office, for I had suspected whilst coming along in the car that I was not very well. I remember feeling astonishingly bad as I left that office, and waiting by the car outside, I realized I was feeling worse every moment and a fearful pain had started at the back of my neck. Feeling for the cause of this disorder, I found a nasty sort of swelling below the hair at the back of my head. Most annoying, just when I wanted to be going strong for my visit to the salient, and, what the devil is it, I wondered to myself. However, I didn't say anything, but we all went off to see a battalion headquarters near Kimmel. My, I did feel bad and got worse every minute. I can scarcely remember that old farm we went into near the front-line trenches. I can dimly recollect a hospitable but drastically plain lunch, a crowd of officers, and seeing a lot of my cartoons torn from the papers pinned on the dilapidated walls. I don't know how I pulled through that meal. Eventually we somehow got back to Balul, and, not being able to stick the pain longer, I told the colonel that I had symptoms of an obscure and unattractive kind and that I thought I was going to be ill. He immediately said he thought I ought to see a doctor in Balul. He was right. 
for by the time we reached Belul I felt like a dead fly in a cream jug. They took me to a hospital, a converted convent or monastery or something, and there I waited in a collapsed heap on a form till my turn came for inspection. At last a doctor came and suspiciously examined me. Verdict? Very feverish with a carbuncle on the back of his neck. If you look up the word carbuncle in a reasonable dictionary, you will see that it means a beautiful gem of a deep red color, or a painful and highly inflamed tumor. I had the latter. In fact, I had, I think, a mixture of the two, something that might be described as a gem of a highly inflamed tumor of a beautiful deep red color. I felt rotten. They gave me some medicine and said I must go to a clearing station, in other words, a field hospital. Here was a disaster. Me, ill, got to leave my job and be sent to hospital. What a blow. I knew this would mean weeks, and heaven knows what might happen after that. However, there it was, and as by now I was feeling thoroughly ill, I resigned myself to my fate. I spent that night in a bunk at the Balul Hospital. This was my second time of collapsed removal from the salient, evidently an unsuitable place for me. My first exit was after that little affair I had with a shell near San Julien, the second this infernal carbuncle. But how unheroic this second exit! To have to leave the Ypres salient owing to a carbuncle on the back of the neck is to my mind one of the most degraded forms of heroism. There are worse places than the back of the neck to have carbuncles. I found that out most painfully later whilst languaging on the Italian Alpine front, but I will come to that in time. Next morning I was taken in an ambulance from the monastic Balul Hospital off along the dusty dreary roads down to the old sector around Doulon, and as I was carted along I dwelt with some sadness and depression on my bad fortune. Here was the end of my first staff job. I somehow felt that, once inside that hospital, I should lose all the ground I had gained and return, when repaired, to my same old life, that of a regimental captain. Visions of interminable months of trenches, billets, and ordering people to carry corrugated iron floorboards or something. Well, anyway, here I was now. Staff captain, complete with carbuncle, turning in at the gates of a beautiful chateau which at that time had just been converted into a hospital. The ambulance stopped at the front door. I got out and entered. In half an hour I was in a suit of pajamas, giant-sized, and lying on an iron bed by a window. One of the hospital doctors was coming to see me shortly. I lay and pondered. I thought of the farm at Montrelay. I thought of the colonel. What would happen now? Would I return there when I was well again or not? Outside the sun was shining in the beautiful grounds of the beautiful chateau. On the spacious lawn several nurses were walking about, those who at the moment were off duty. Several officers were out there too, convalescents and others. At the far end of the lawn, under the shade of a clump of lofty trees, a regimental band was assembling. The scene was one of delightful summer calm. What band is that? I asked. Somebody answered me through the window. The Royal Warwickshire Regiment. That was my own regiment. And as I lay there they started up the Warwickshire march. Warwickshire is my county, and I love everything belonging to it. I don't know why. I was ill, perhaps. But that tune floating across that sunny, tranquil lawn made me nearly cry with an intense love and longing for England. End of chapter 16 Recording by Philip Gould